0: Welcome in to another edition of Region Roundup. I'm James Boyd here with Mike Clark on a beautiful Monday, December 14th. Um, what are just two weeks in a row, Mike, on a Monday? We are
1: sticking to our schedule, yes. Uh, amid <laughs> all of the uh, holiday preparations and the pandemic and everything like that. But we will not be delayed in bringing you the news of the week. So, yeah, we're... Uh, I kind wood. Of would. Uh, we're staying on schedule, so
0: hopefully we can keep that up. Yeah, so I guess we'll start off with the game of the week. Um, last week, which was Hammond at Westside Boys Basketball. I had Westside as number one in my rankings and Hammond at number two. Um, although it was really more of a toss-up um, and, you know, what better way to prove who is a better team than a head-to-head matchup. Um and I think anybody who watched that game would have been like, Oh, you know, West has got this. They were up eleven going into the fourth quarter, and then they were outscored twenty-five to four in the fourth quarter by Hammond, and Hammond came away with a ten point win. So uh it was a it was a, a really good game. Um at Westside they allowed, I believe, um like the the, the pla the players um to have I think up to four uh guests come and watch the game. So there were people I saw from you know, from Calumet High School and, and other high schools um, in the area, 21st century, uh, obviously parents and things like that. So it wasn't like the typical COVID-19 game where it was just parents. And there was a pretty good crowd there considering the circumstances with COVID. And um, there was certainly some, uh, some passion in the gym. I was down on the floor um, sitting opposite the team's benches. And um, it, was, it was fun. I think it was a really nice setup by them just because they have a really big gym. So they had everyone really really far back away from the courts, and um, I have to say when Hammond went to a press mic, the game changed and they, they just ran away with it. So it was a really good game. I think it'll be a growing experience experience for Westside, but it also validates that Hammond is for real. And I believe that Hammond, you know, uh, is a is a legitimate 3A contender. And the only thing that could probably stop them from proving that, you know, similar to last year, is is COVID 19. So I'm hoping that they get a chance to just close it out. As well as the other teams.
1: Yeah, I was. Uh, I love the quote from Reggie Abram.
0: Yeah, he wants <laughs> to be the greatest player in Hammond history. I love that
1: uh, confidence. Um, you know, I, and obviously as a sports writer, you know, you love quotes like that. You know, that are not generic uh, quotes. So um, you know, and that's a that's a big ask um, to say that you want to become the best player in Hammond history because there have been some pretty good ones there. Um, Larry Moore, the athletic director, um, <laughs> as you wrote about, was an Indiana all-star. So, Alongside uh,
0: Larry Bird, yeah, might I add. Yes. <laughs>
1: side storyline with Jalen Washington returning from uh, multiple injuries, uh, the Hammond storyline of trying to go out, you know, on a high note and it's just you know, those two storylines collided here obviously. You know, it's you know it, it is a great thing that Westside has a huge gym, you know, there's a few really big gyms in our area so uc central's got a huge gym calumet's got a pretty big gym so it turns out that uh for covid purposes it's great to have such a big gym because you can you, as you said you can certainly spread people out um a little bit more than you could in some other gyms um but yeah you know it's uh it's great to see uh that rivalry you know and, and again it's kind of sad i guess And I uh, think about it i guess this
0: is the last time we'll see that rivalry <laughs> so, yeah yeah um, i talked with them a bit about the some of the hammond players about um you know this being the last year at hammond high wanting it to wanting it to end it on the right note which is why uh reggie gave me that quote about you know hey well i want to be the best player to come through here um and you know some people might think like oh this 5-8 guard um you know, what, what are you thinking? But then you look at his resume, which I laid out in the story, um, you know, thankfully there weren't a lot of fouls, so I was able to do a little more writing, you know, this week as opposed to others. <laughs> um, pretty clean game, but um, I was able to look up some stuff, and he's, uh, on, according to Coach Larry Moore Jr., he's on pace to um, have the, the most wins as a varsity player in him in Hammond high history, which has a lot, you know, considering the players that have come through that program. He's been a four-year varsity starter, um, and and the kids can play. I mean, people can debate who's the greatest, who's the best, but winning is something that you can definitely you know pinpoint and, and say that you know, hey, I won the most games. Um, that's without having a chance to finish out last year. So he's at fifty-nine wins right now, fifty-nine and nineteen, um, which is a great win percentage over four years. They've won three consecutive sectional championships. He's been a part of all of them. Wants to go for a fourth, and he was telling me, Hey, you want to get to state. So, um, these are all realistic goals for Hammond. And I, again, I, I think the one thing I was most impressed with, Mike, is they were down 11, dead in the water, but they weren't rattled. You know, and I, he said, Hey, we just had to get five or six stops in a row and do it one play at a time. They went to this 2 2 1 press, and um, quite frankly, Westside just looked panicked. I mean, and then it's kind of like you smell blood and you just pounce on them. And after that, I mean, they just they just tore them apart with that press. I mean, to outscore somebody 25 to 4, you know, a team like Westside at that in a fourth quarter was unbelievable. And um, you know, Reggie Abram had 10 points in the fourth quarter. harold Woods um had 11 points in the fourth quarter. Um so it was it was basically the, those two carrying the load. And um, you know, making a lot of the West Side faithful very upset. So uh, it, it, was, it was fun to see the passion. Um, you know, the fans. You know, wanting to be quarterback, uh, Monday morning quarterbacks, and things like that. You know, hey, you should have did this, should have did that. But the bottom line is, if I'm West Side, I don't panic. Um, like I said before this podcast started, the next day, um, Jalen Washington, who had nine points against Hammond, he had 23 against Southport in a win um he looked really good i think he was three or four from three-point land so he started to get his feel back um and i think the biggest thing people need to realize with west side is that they hadn't played together in you know about two years this is their first year in about two to three years where everyone is healthy um and even then one of their kids uh billy moldrew he was out or you know w- w- with an injury and he's one of their like glue guys so you know, if he gets back healthy, he's the only guy with pretty good size and athleticism that could help them. So, you know, if they can just get healthy, get a few more game, games underneath their belt, you know, it, it should be fun. And I kind of wish that we could see a, another, you know, matchup, you know, this time, you know, as opposed to two years ago, uh, West Side's 4A, Hammond's 3A, so they won't meet again. Um, but it was a good game. I, I think it, it, it summed up everything you kind of want out of that Gary Hammond basketball and, uh it was fun for me just because, hey, I got into a game for free, uh, and it was pretty fun to watch. So there you go. <laughs> it was a long line, Mike, and yeah. this guy was telling me, oh, you got to wait in this line. And I was like, you know, I had to, you know, I guess flex my muscle a little bit. I was like, oh, well, I'm with the media, so I'll see you inside. And uh, skipped the line and, you know, got in nice and early, set up, and it was fun to watch. Uh
1: James, big time with folks. The oh, I know, man. man. I- I'm-, I'm jaded now. <laughs> Anyway, uh, you mentioned
0: Jalen had a big game on Saturday, and mm-hmm. I know you wanted to talk about it. Uh, it's kind of interesting the way so you're getting around to see some games now, and uh,
1: you're kind of uh, seeing some of the breakout guys. Reggie Abram is a breakout guy. We know mm-hmm. Jalen is going to be a breakout guy. And we talked a little bit about Jimmy Hodges Jr. last week um, when you saw
0: Westside in Michigan City, mm-hmm. and uh, he is going off again, and he looks like the real deal. Yeah, yeah. He went off against Andran, scored a career-high 38 points, and missed a layup uh, at the end, which was probably his easiest shot of the night. He missed a layup to give him 40. And uh, when he when he missed it, uh, the, the Michigan City bench kind of, like, threw their hands up in the air, like, how could you after doing, you know, what you did? But he's – I mean, he is – Phenomenal, seriously. He's 5'8, I believe. Um, 5'9, maybe him and Reggie Abram are about the same height. Um, and he just I feel like once he sees one shot or or you know, two shots go through the net, then it's it, he's hot almost. Like that's that's kind of how I just prefer he has like this just this ability to get hot and hit just shots that you would tell every other player is a bad shot. You know, he was pulling up from the logo on the floor against Westside. He did the same thing against Andran. And, you know, normally you're thinking, what the heck is this kid thinking? And then, you know, before you know it, he's hit three or four of those in a row. And then he gets so low to the ground on a dribble. So he's able to to get to the rim and create his own shot off the dribble. Um, The kid is phenomenal. I I think he's one of the best guards in the region Um, you can argue about you know, what you consider a guard is, like, Chris Mantis, is, is he a guard or a forward? But as far as, like, smaller guards, I would put Jamie Hodges right up there, you know, probably at the top, um, you know, Reggie Abram right there as well. But, Mike, I'm, I'm telling you, the kid is must-see TV, and Michigan City plays at such a fast pace that it's pretty fun anyways. just getting up and down, and, you know, three-pointers, and layups, and the occasional dunk, and, You know, things like that, but, I mean, the kid is very, very good to score 38 points against a team like Andran, who I believe is one of the better teams in the region. Um, You know, we talked about that, you know, different podcast, different day, but Andran's a really good team, and they were actually leading that game the entire way, and then it turned into the Jamie Hodges show in the fourth quarter. I believe against Westside, he had 15 in the fourth quarter, and then against Andran, in the fourth quarter, he had 12. Um, but the kid is a stud. He's a stud. I mean, he missed his first like three or four shots, and then after that, it was about, like the, just the gates of I don't know, like the, the the ocean opened up, and he was just shooting into the ocean because he everything was going into the net, and he was clapping and looking at everybody. And after the game, he was so like mild mannered, and I was like, this is uh, not what you were doing on the court, you know, 20 minutes ago. But it was uh, it was <laughs> fun to see him. And, and Coach Wells said. He's like that, like that intensity, that big shot, you know, taker, big shot maker. He's like that every day in practice. Um, and he said, he said, you know, the best part about being a coach in Michigan City is that he gets to see that every day as opposed to us, you know, in the media and us as fans seeing that maybe once or twice a week. So keep an eye out for Michigan City. I think they could possibly win their sectional this year with him leading the way. And um, it's funny. It's crazy because he's only a sophomore. So oh, you know wow. he's got two more yeah. years of high school basketball, and in my opinion, he's already among the best in, in the region. Okay, um,
1: now uh, our weekly feature—unfortunate, um, I suppose, but it is uh, what it is in this era—is the recap of the latest stoppages, starts, yep. pauses, postponements.
0: You can take that on away. Yeah, I'll keep it short just because it's, you know, pretty repetitive. Um, the only biggest news is that Michigan City girls' basketball is on hold due to COVID 19 for at least the next two weeks. Um, they're 7 0, by the way, haven't won their better seasons in, in a while. Um, obviously, had have Trinity Thompson over there. She's in uh, potential uh, to become an Indiana All Star this year. She's Indiana Junior All Star last year. Um, so that's tough news for them. And then on the boys' side, Hobart. Boys basketball is also on hold due to COVID-19 and other factors. Um, they had a delayed start to their season because of uh, football, and then they have some guys out due to injury. Um, the AD was telling me. Um, so, those are two more programs that have halted their seasons. And you know, if my math is correct, um, that's that's 26 out of the 43 girls basketball teams that have had to stop. Um, you know, and or miss the game this season because of COVID-19. And then the same can be said for 15 of the 44 boys' basketball programs. Obviously, they started a little bit later than the girls. But, I mean, every day, it's uh, a lot to keep up with. And honestly, Mike, what's, what's crazy is last week, I didn't even know about, like, Bishop Knoll boys being on hold until we planned to cover the game. And then uh, one of our stringers, David Funk, reached out to the AD, like, hey, I'm going to be there Friday. And he's like, oh, the game's not happening. We're on hold. So now, I'm looking, whenever I look at the schedule – and, I, you know, this week I'm planning to be at, think, three or four games. And um, I have to really check and see, okay, have I written about them before? Are they on hold? Um, you know, what's going on? Then, obviously, checking all the way up until the day of the game, literally the day of the game, to see, are you still playing? So it's it's kind of tedious, and a lot more tedious than it has been in the past. But it's just a new norm that we're in, and I'm hoping that, you know, something changes for the better.
1: Uh, and speaking of the better, a um, uh, quick college note. Um, the, no offense to the U, BU, but uh, as we know, the maybe the region's adopted college basketball team is the Drake Bulldogs. They have a ton of region talent out there, and just wanted to uh, give a quick shout out to Shanquan Hempel from Michigan City. He is the NBC newcomer of the week this week. Uh, Two games, 30 points, 16 boards, five assists. Uh, Drake is 6-0 and for the first time since 1979, 1980. And uh, yesterday, Sunday, as we're recording this, DJ Wilkins, another local guy, hit a career-high 23 in their win over Air Force. So Roman Penn is there. Um, Joseph Yesifu is there. They've got a bunch of guys,
0: obviously. Yeah, Jonah from Jackson from Millville as well. Right, so, so uh,
1: keep an eye on the Bulldogs. And, uh, you know, again, our adopted region basketball team off to a great start this year.
0: So Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's fun because I, I'm, I'm Facebook friends with, with a lot of these guys from previous stories. So um, it seems like every other day I'm seeing a Drake post about one of the region guys doing something really cool. Like you said, DJ with the career high. I know Roman Penn has been a really good point guard for them so far this season. Um, and it's, it's refreshing to see some positive news out here, you know, not positive tests, but positive news uh, in regards to, you know, some athletics. And you know, obviously, I'm hoping they can keep it rolling. But I mean, it, 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 lo- it looks fun for them. and It's fun to see the support that they receive, not only from their previous coaches, but just from around the region. I know uh, Bo Patton from uh, Maryville, their coach, is really close to a lot of these guys. He's trained a lot of these guys that come back and play. So um, it's all a big family. So every time anything happens with Drake, I'm seeing, you know, posts from current athletes in high school, uh, parents, you know, friends of friends, and it's really cool to see, like you said, the adopted uh, region University has some success, and also see some other guys have some success as well. You know, we still got Damian Jefferson, who's at uh, Creighton. They're a top you know, programming in the country as well as some other uh, guys around the region who are playing college basketball. So it's fun for me to see. And it definitely uh, adds to just the, the, the region, I guess, lore when it comes to, to basketball.
1: Yeah. And, uh, we had said before, uh, we started that we're going to close with this. And, uh, it's my column from last Friday. Again, check it out on our website, uh, check it out on Twitter, Facebook, um, wherever you get your times content, um, and uh, I've been thinking about this one for a while, actually, and uh, basically, it was about uh, the stick to sports crowd, and spoiler alert, not a big fan of them, and, you know, I, so let me, uh, there's two parts to it, you know, as there were in the column, and I'll Kind of run down, you know, there's the one part, um, you know, where we've uh, this has been a, a historic year in America for two reasons. Um, COVID certainly is one of them, but it's a historic year worldwide, obviously, for COVID. Um, and number two is the uh, social reckoning that we've uh, been having this year, uh, George Floyd. Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and too many more uh, black people who have been killed. And uh, it has led to uh, some really long overdue discussions about racial inequity and racial justice in America, equal justice for all Americans. You've written about this, and as I mentioned in the column, uh, you've had some really powerful Q and A's, uh, discussions with, uh, some folks around the region. Bo Patton was one of them. Um, you know, uh, there've been, a, there've been a, quite a few, uh, you can name off a few of the others, you know, but, uh, so that's, and basically, you know, Cindy Colin Kaepernick basically stood up for, uh, this particular issue, um, took a very lonely stand and took a stand that cost him his career, honestly. Um, We've seen much more recognition and much more support for having a dialogue about this and to hopefully bring us to a better place as a country where we uh, don't see these things happening over and over again. And just moving on to the next hashtag, the next slogan, because we need to be better than that, and we need to honor these people—the Breonna Taylors, the George Floyd, the Amar Arberies—by um, making sure that uh, their families receive justice, and that everybody receives justice, even those who may not be, uh, you know, on the evening news or again, may not be hashtags right now. So now and again, uh, there's the stick to sports crowd. Stay away from that stuff. You know, just tell us about uh, what's going on between the lines, you know, the baskets and the the layups and the three-pointers and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, athletes don't live only on the courts. They don't only wear their uniforms, you know. They live in the real world, too, just like the rest of us and they have been increasingly standing up for their rights and for the rights of others which i think is a positive and heartening development and i'm just old enough to remember when i was a kid living through the civil rights era uh, particularly 1968 which is probably the most pivotal year of that um dr king was assassinated uh, Bobby Kennedy was assassinated you know, within two months of each other, um, and it was a terrible time, also in our country. As you know, in in many ways, right now is a terrible time, both because of the pandemic and you know some of these other things that are that have happened that I mentioned. So, um, and again, you know, the stick to sports crowd, you know, has also uh, spoken up about.
0: I can hear you, but you're a little faded.
1: I'm sorry. Did you lose me there?
0: I did not lose you. I can hear you right now. We're having some technical difficulties, people. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, sorry about
0: that. All right, he's Uh, back. Yeah, my earbuds uh,
1: just died uh, on me. Um, But anyway, uh, the COVID-19 stuff that's going on, folks may not want to hear about that. But again, it's part of it's part of life in 2020 and again it is our responsibility to tell you what's going on and not just the stuff that you may want to hear but uh the stuff that you feel like is what we should be reporting you know we report everything i would report on the people as well as the games. so um yeah that's uh that's pretty much what i wrote and uh Said, I've been thinking about it for a while and uh, you know, partly in response
0: to some of the stuff that you've written too. Um, yeah, um I I out there. I read your piece. I always read your pieces, but I read this one and it definitely uh resonated just because the I feel like the timing of it was very uh eerie in a sense uh I I've been sharing some of the messages I've gotten from people uh throughout the whole um process of uh talking about um racism, race in sports, things like that. Um, some of the voicemails I get are pretty ridiculous. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Not even ridiculous. I actually won't leave it at that. I'll say they're they're pretty racist. Um, and then I also I had to block some people, I believe, what was this, yesterday or the day before, who were saying some crazy stuff about me and, 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 and calling me all out my name and all types of things like that. And, uh, you know, to kind of piggyback off, off what you said in your, your article, or in your column, um, you know, we will, I will report every COVID-19 update I can. I will try to cover every game that I can, um, which, which is evidenced by the miles on my car and, and how often I'm at BP, um, but it's always interesting to see how the conversation or the energy shifts um, when I'm no longer writing about someone's kids or grandkids or their team or their school, or their alma mater, um, because 90% of the time or 99% of the time people love, you know, the stories I write because who doesn't like a story about their kid or their school or their team. But then the energy is not always the same when I write about, you know, the people on these teams and stuff they have to deal with. For example, when I talk to coach Nelson, over at uh, Calumet, and he was telling me, hey, I've had instances where my players were called the N-word on the court. And we talked about that, and we talked about how he, uh, you know, tries to mentor his kids and try to remind them that they're still valued and they should still have respect for themselves, even though some people might not give it to them. Did that entire piece, and then, you know, I got a crowd that's telling me, oh, stick to sports, oh, I don't want to hear this, but it's like, you know, two days ago, you loved this story about your team. And now I'm writing about the kids that, look like me, frankly, and, and and might come from a different background and, oh, it'd be quiet. We don't want to hear this. But you can't have it like that, at least not, not as long as I'm writing for The Times. Um, I can't see for anybody else. But I think that your, your piece was right on. Like, if we're doing our jobs as journalists, we have to reflect or at least shed light on, at least bring attention to what's really going on. Um, the saying is, you know, someone tells you it's raining outside, you don't just take the word for it. You have to go out there and look. So if people are telling you, <laughs> You know, this is our reality. You can't say, "Oh, I don't believe that." This is what the law says, because frankly speaking, the law says a lot of things. Um, but I would be telling a lie if I said we were all treated the same. Uh, if things were always the same for everyone in America, that's just not been American history at all. It still isn't, um, and that's not any like bitterness. It's just a fact. So piece was phenomenal. And like I said, um, you know, I, I should probably post it in my uh in my alumni crowd so everyone can tell you that you're you know you're just taking Coach K's side. <laughs> um But <laughs> it's uh it's a it's a lot going on and I, I think that it was a timely piece and and frankly one that again needed to be written and, and, and honestly I think for the people who won't listen, they probably never will. Uh, those are some people out there who probably will never change their minds. But for those on the fence or those who really want to explore, hey, why don't I understand this? Why are they keep saying this? I think that was a good uh, good starting point for them. So we have to see. And also, Mike, uh, you know, we can touch on this a little bit too, since we're talking about COVID in sports and racing sports. I mean, you look at Keontae Johnson from uh, Florida. I don't know if you, anybody you saw the uh, video of him collapsing on the court. And, um, you know, there have been reports out there that he was one of the players at Florida, like many others, who tested positive for COVID-19 over the summer. Um, was cleared to come back after rigorous heart testing and things like that. But right now he's in a stable but critical condition and there's really been no updates other than that on on what's going on with him. And, you know, I'm praying that he's okay. But number two, I'd really like to know, and I'm sure they will find out eventually, like, is this COVID-19 related? And if so, how does that change the landscape of sports as we know it? So, I mean, here's a healthy guy. He literally had just dunked and then he walked out after a timeout You know, and just collapsed face first onto the the floor and never really moved again. So, um, you know, these are conversations we have to have and we need to continue to put that out there. I know sports are great. I love them. I have a job. We have jobs because of them, Mike. But at the same time, you know, humanity, uh, I would like to think matters a little bit more. Yeah, um, that was one thing I did not mention.
1: I ran Coach K's photo with that column, and uh, you know, I, I watched the uh, Illinois Duke game, uh, and uh, we know who won that game. Everybody should by now. <laughs> uh, but after that game, Coach K, uh, at, well, during the game, Jay Biles, uh, you know, because honestly it wasn't much of a game, so he was talking uh, about the need for a national conversation on whether we should be playing college basketball in particular, but just, you know, sports in general. And uh, then after the game, Coach K said similar uh, stuff, basically, Um, you know, with the vaccine coming, um, you know, should we take a pause uh, and not just, you know, not just try to plow through because, you know, we're having games, you know, being dropped and added all the time and maybe it's you know I mean I actually wrote this column you know a while back about whether you should do it for high school sports but maybe you know now the conversation's coming up about college sports too and uh, you know again it's like there is a certain segment of our audience that feels like everybody should play um, as if nothing was going on and you know the things that they keep Mentioning well, how many kids get it, and even if they do get it, how many die of it? Well, as you know, we saw from the example that you just mentioned, you know, you may not die of it, but you may have some serious consequences from it. And you know, it, it just—it it, it just kind of amazes me, honestly, uh, that some people's litmus test for this is, well, will you die of it? No, okay, then do whatever you want. Um, yeah, you know it's just <laughs> yeah. like and we're talking about, and again we're talking about people who are as you said you know in prime in peak physical shape you know 20 21 years old 22 years old you know hopefully with a full long life ahead of them you know 50 60 years however many you know and we should be talking about you know are there going to be side effects that are going to affect these folks you know, these kids now, you know, down the road when they're adults and, uh, you know, trying to live their lives, you know, in a healthy manner. So anyway, um, kind of a heavy thing to, to end on here, but, uh, we think it needs to be said And again, you know, we, we both feel like, I know that it's important to not just, uh, you know, as, as much as we love the action on in front of us, you know, as we mentioned at the top of the pod about, you know, having Westside, you know, and then through it about, you know, some of the other guys, you know, athletes who are having great seasons, you know, we get, we love that, you know, we get really energized about that, but that's not the entire story, and we want to tell the entire story, and we need to tell the entire story.
0: Exactly. Um, that's pretty much it, all we have for this week, a little longer this week, but obviously, that was those last few minutes, I believe, were worth listening to. Just make sure you continue to wear a mask, and we'll check in with you next week after another week of games, hopefully, and other things going on in the region.